developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you. You define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Lin, and welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Today visiting with us is my optometric colleague, Dr. Alex Andridge. Dr. Andridge has taken his optometric experience deep into a special area of sports vision and beyond. So today we're going to talk about sports vision and how you, whether you're a professional or amateur athlete, a coach, a weekend warrior, a parent of an athlete, or just somebody who loves to learn about sports, You'll love hearing some of the great tips of how you can improve your sports performance. Here's a little bit about Dr. Andridge, as he's led a very interesting and adventurous life. Dr. Andridge, Andridge is an accomplished graduate of the Ohio State University College of Optometry and a fellow of the College of Optometrists in Vision Development. He is an acclaimed lecturer on the topics of pediatric and infant vision, binocular vision disorders, neuro-optometric rehabilitation, learning-related vision disorders, sports vision, and other ocular health and well-being issues. In addition to providing vision therapy, sports vision, and neuro-optometric vision services, and we'll talk about all these things in a few minutes, Dr. Andrich and his wife Patty founded the Vision Development Team a multi-location, internationally recognized trained learning center for providing high-level optometric testing accompanied by therapeutic interventions to improve visual function and elite performance training for the competitive athlete. Dr. Andrich has served on the staff of a number of hospitals. He is also the co-founder and immediate past president of ISVA, the International Sports Vision Association, representing 14 countries, over 14 countries. And this ISVA provides training to doctors, coaches, athletes, athletic trainers in the world in the field of sports vision. Additionally, Dr. Andrich is the team optometrist and performance vision coach for the Cleveland Guardians baseball team, the Cleveland Monsters hockey team, and other professional and amateur athletes. He is professionally involved with several state, national, and international organizations, and he loves sports himself. He loves spending time with his family and friends, skiing and mountain biking. So welcome, uh, Alex. Welcome to our podcast today on vision and sports. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks for having me, Lynn, and pleasure uh, to be part of the podcast. Well, it's, it's truly, you know, this is the fun part of 
what you and I have done in optometry, we've gone far beyond examining eyes, glasses, contact lenses, and really looked at taking all those basic concepts and and exploding what we can do in the field of vision as it relates to sports. So, so Alex, tell us about your journey into optometry and sports vision. Yeah, sure. So uh, it kind of starts with uh, just being in optometry school and uh, not really, you know, learning kind of the uh, different elements of uh, modes of practice. And uh, actually, when I was a junior in optometry school, I was looking for a part-time job and went to our mailroom and just grabbed a number off a, a listing that a doctor had posted. And uh, interestingly enough, you know, I show up to the doctor's office thinking I'll be doing some pre-testing and visual fields or things like that. And the doctor plops down a three ring binder and says, here, read this by next week. You're going to be doing vision therapy. Cool. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, what's vision therapy? I uh, didn't really, you know, at that point in my optometry school career, didn't really have a great understanding of it. So, you know, really the seeds were kind of planted in, in uh, optometry school working as a vision therapist at this, um, you know, uh, optometry office. And one of the doctors there was involved in uh, sports vision, work, working with some athletes in their community. And then some of my classmates uh, and I got together and kind of revamped our sports vision club at the College of Optometry. It had been kind of dormant for a number of years. And so, and most of us that were doing this kind of revamping the sports vision club actually had a background in sports. So I uh, was a competitive skier. So I was on the ski team uh, at Ohio state. And then I played club volleyball at Ohio state. So I had a background in, in playing sports and competing at a high level. So that kind of also plays into the whole part of, you know, wanting to improve performance if you're actually out there competing and performing. So really the roots of it kind of started in optometry school with, um, with the sports vision club. That's Could kind I of just where, uh, you know, have you back started. up a little bit and, and explain what is vision therapy. So we make sure everybody knows what that, that is, and then I'll let you move on to, to after college. Yeah, sure. So um, the specialty of vision therapy is taking a functional look at the visual system and doing more than what we would typically expect at your neighborhood eye doctor, you know, where, at your neighborhood eye doctor, they're looking to see, can you see clearly? Are your eyes healthy? Uh, those sorts of things. But with vision therapy, we're looking at more of the functional aspects of how do the eyes work together as a team? How are the eyes focusing? Uh, how are we tracking our eyes? Uh, recognition of uh, different things uh, in, the, in the sporting environment. So really, it's a, it's a deeper dive into the functional aspect. And so we take a look at, are there any deficiencies in any of these functional skills, and we train those in vision therapy to get to normal levels. And then with sports vision, uh, that's taking normal visual skills and enhancing them to way above normal, way above average. So really, it's, it, vision therapy is taking a look at how does the visual process help that individual in their environment, whether it's an academic, sports, or, or work environment, and then making the uh, visual system and eyes work better for that individual. Well, that's great. So, so move on from, you went through uh, optometry school, you were already interested in sports vision. What happened next? Yeah. So uh, coming out of optometry school, it's like any, anyone else, you know, you, uh, it's a daunting task trying to 
get into the field and start your own business. And so, um, you know, my uh, my beginnings really kind of stem from um, the idea of like, hey, I want to do vision therapy. I want to do sports vision as a mode of practice. And uh, early on, I kind of figured, you know what, I'd like to do this full time because really as optometrists, we're blessed with the opportunity to practice a lot of different ways, you know, primary care, you can treat glaucoma, you can really do uh, a lot of different things in, in optometry. And I think early on, right, yeah, right as I started working out of optometry school, I made the decision that, hey, you know what, this is something I'm really passionate about, really interested. I see a huge unmet need in our community here in the Cleveland, Ohio area. I said, you know, I'd, I'd really like to make this a, a full-time practice. So I'm lucky enough to be married to a wonderful wife who uh, is an occupational therapist and a certified vision therapist, uh, Patty Andrich. And so the two of us um, said, let's let's start something, um, you know, from the ground up. And we actually started the practice cold back in 2003 with, with no patients and just a lot of... Uh, ambition, a lot of passion, and a lot of energy. And so now, you know, 19 years late, almost 19 years later now, we're, uh, you know, built up our practice and have a nice thriving uh, vision therapy, multidisciplinary vision therapy practice. And so, uh, so those were kind of the beginnings. Um, really, it, it started as a pediatric vision therapy practice that's evolved over the years into adult brain injury. And then obviously, uh, the sports vision aspect has also nicely evolved um, in, in, in time. Well, yes, we're going to want to really talk about uh, the sports vision practice as well as uh, I know I'm seeing many athletes now that are coming in for um, rehabilitation after concussions. We'll talk about that uh, later, uh, how important the vision system is and how it's injured so easily in a concussion. But right. uh, t tell us, Alex, what kinds of skills are you really looking to improve, especially with an athlete that comes in? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, athletes are uh, kind of always looking for ways to improve their game, regardless of, you know, what sport uh, they're playing. So, a lot of athletes are spending a lot of time looking at um, endurance, strength, agility, speed. And so, you know, as a um, vision specialist, you know, and we, we kind of have to ask ourselves, um, is there something more that you can train? And I think coaches, athletes are starting to realize, oh, wait, there's an important part of overall performance that is often overlooked, and that's the visual system. Uh, because a lot of time and energy is spent in the mechanics, like, for example, a baseball player. Um, you know, they'll spend a lot of time working with a hitting coach, a swing coach, working on the mechanics. But realistically, um, you know, I always say that you could have really the nicest swing, but if you're not seeing the ball, that nice swing isn't going to do you much in terms of performance. So, um, so these athletes come in with the idea of, I want to do something that can improve my performance on the field. And more and more athletes now are looking to and realizing that vision is really an untapped area that um, can really boost their performance. So do you actually um, go to the teams and do screenings and evaluations or do the athletes come in? I know I've seen professional athletes that have never had eye exams before and 
And uh, there's always stories of professional athletes that they, the, the media notices they're closing one eye when they're, you know, looking at the basket or they're squinting. And I'm just shocked that vision, which is our dominant sense for learning and for performing eyes lead the body. I am just shocked. They haven't even had a vision exam. So, so take us through how this athlete gets evaluated and and right. how we need to really train our coaches and athletic trainers that this is a very important uh area that needs to be evaluated just like you said strength and speed right right yeah lynn you make a great point with um that whole notion that they can make it to an elite level but yet have never seen uh an optometrist uh for an eye exam and that's been my experience as well uh working with an athlete that makes it to the major league level in baseball, but yet has only done vision screenings. And and this is really kind of an important, you know, one of the take-home points, you know, maybe for this podcast is the difference between an eye exam with an eye doctor versus a vision screening. And too many times uh, society's reliant on, and coaches and athletic trainers, parents, um, is reliant on the vision screening uh, by the pediatrician or the uh, athletic trainer. And those are all great things. I mean, we need screenings to uh, capture some of these deficits, but unfortunately, vision screenings, you know, as you know real well, are um, they miss a lot of things. And so, uh, and the other problem is vision screenings only test one or two visual skills. An athlete needs like 20 visual skills. So the big problem we run into is if an athlete is tested for a team screening for vision, and they pass, then they think oh, everything's fine with my visual system. When that's that could be far from the truth. Um, you know, the the vision screening doesn't check eye health. Uh, generally speaking, it doesn't check eye teaming. Um, you know, it doesn't check depth perception, eye focusing, eye tracking, those things. So, really, the 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 root of a lot of this uh, that we see is that uh, we're too reliant on vision screenings and and not comprehensive exams. So, so the athletes in general will, um, you know, come to me for they, they've been told or an, a coach or someone or another, another athlete's been in our office. So they'll realize, Oh, there's something more that could be tested. So that's generally how they end up coming in to see me. Um, but like I said, it's a, it's a big issue with the, um, differentiation between a screening and a comprehensive exam. So you're just shattering the myth that 2020 is perfect vision. You mentioned there's 20, Absolutely. at least 20 other skills. And I know I had the opportunity of visiting the Nike um, plant years ago, and they were doing uh, research on how, what the visual acuity and other skills were for top athletes. And mm-hmm. most right. of the top athletes saw much better than 2020 without any glasses. They were like 2010 or 28. Mm-hmm. And so that is only one of at least 20 other visual skills that you're interested uh, in evaluating as well as right. looking how vision integrates with balance and reaction time and all those other kinds of things. Correct, correct. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, interesting to see like um, – Major League Baseball, when they do, uh, there's a there's actually a, a vision form, an eye exam form that um, Major League Baseball will have the uh, potential draft picks. So these are college players, high level, high school seniors, uh, kids that are basically eligible for the MLB draft. 
they have to take this form to their eye doctor. And, um, and I, I, I see these forms because uh, in my work with the guardians, um, I evaluate these forms and I help the team determine and, and I grade and I've created a scale. So I give my input to the team on the visual system of these athletes. And these forms are all coming back with just visual acuity and eye health and a contact lens prescription, you know, if they were in contact, but really no, no metrics on these other areas. And, you know, as you mentioned, there's how does the visual system integrate with balance? How does, how do the eyes track? So, um, you know, teams are definitely looking at this, but there's just a lack of um, awareness that there's these other skills that can be tested. Wouldn't it be great to do a study like like the Moneyballs movie that if we really did all this evaluation right, and right. we, you know, I think we'd have great input on what athletes had the best visual skills and the highest chance for high level performance. I mean, that's a whole area right. I'd love to see you develop there, Alex. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's um, what I did with the team was I, I developed a scale that is. Um, when I grade an athlete's visual system and I present that information to the team, it's based on the scale that I created on the quality of the information. So if I have eye tracking data, if I have some other performance metrics, that athlete will get a little bit higher quality of data score. But if all I have is if really all the athlete provides to the major league baseball is visual acuity and eye health, then they're going to get a much lower score. So the team will look um, a little more closely at the athlete that has a higher quality of data score because they know that that uh, visual system has been looked at a little more closely. So they're more likely to pick that athlete in the draft uh, because they have, they have more information on them. So we're just not talking about an athlete improving their performance for the sake of performance. This could be their whole career of getting chosen uh, because Correct. they have a higher quality visual processing system. That's that's really yeah. amazing, and that's that's very important for everybody to hear. Um, mm-hmm. Alex, what I'd like to ask you is, um, especially after the break, I want to get involved in some of the activities and a lot of the really cool instrumentation that we use for sports vision. Um and so we're going to take a break here in just a minute. Is there anything right now you want to add to the importance of the testing and evaluation of our athletes? Yeah, no, I think uh, it's just important for athletes, you know, that are uh, listening to the podcast to be aware that there's more to the visual system than just seeing 2020, um, that really performance um on the field or on the court is going to be so reliant on, on the visual system operating efficiently. And, you know, I always tell athletes that your eyes tell you where and they tell you when. And uh, those are two key aspects to uh, performance and having the where and when system evaluated um, and tested and, and looked at is a really, really important part of uh, taking that next step to improving your performance. Yeah, that's really a great point, and that's why when you see a major league uh, announcer talk about a receiver who's just you know made a fabulous catch, they say great hands, great hands, and I'm thinking, well, how did those hands know where and when to catch that ball? So the where and when is really important. All right, right Alex, great. Let's take a break, and we'll be back in just a couple okay. minutes. 
Dr. Lin will be right back after this. Can your child see, really see, more than 2020? Does your child struggle in school, have trouble with tracking when reading, or resist writing? Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's award-winning book, See It, Say It, Do It, provides parents and teachers with specific tools and strategies in visualization and processing. Improve and empower your child's learning and performance in school, sports, and play. Get See It, Say It, Do It on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Dr. Lynn Hellerstein's book, 50 Tips to Improve Your Sports Performance, has identified the top 50 ways for you to achieve excellent results in any sport activity, enhance eye-mind-body coordination skills, achieve the mental edge, prevent injuries. This book belongs in every athlete's or coach's sports bag. Get 50 tips to improve your sports performance on Amazon or visit lynnhellerstein.com. Welcome back to Vision Beyond Sight. Here's Dr. Lynn. Hi, everybody. We've been talking to Dr. Alex Andrich, who's an optometrist, and he specializes in sports vision, which is really a great area to help your athletes and your athletic trainers help those athletes improve their sports performance. In the first part of this podcast, we talked about the importance of vision leading the body as well as the type of vision evaluation that's necessary to look beyond 2020 and look at eye, hand, eye, mind, hand, uh, vision balance, reaction time, and things like that. So, Alex, let's now get into the treatment or the enhancement part of sports vision. If you find that there's some issues, and often we don't find issues, it's more, more can we enhance the skills but sometimes we find there's a need for glasses or contacts or consideration for LASIK surgeries. And I know a lot of athletes are very superstitious and they don't want to wear glasses. And there's just lots of controversy of what shall we do for these athletes so they can see beyond 2020 and really perform at the highest level possible. Yeah, no, that's a great point that really starts with the optical aspects, um, you know, obviously we've been talking about the functional skills like eye tracking and eye teaming, but really um, at the core of it is uh, how clearly you see and making sure that we are maximizing the optical correction. So athletes in general uh, have pretty good eyesight, but, you know, in a major league baseball team, there's going to be a percentage of uh, the athletes that are wearing contact lenses, um, which is to be expected. So that's nothing unusual. That's not a detriment. Um, you know, the, I have plenty of athletes that are uh, competing at the highest level that wear contacts and see uh, very, very well with the contacts. Uh, where we um, start to sometimes see some challenges are the athletes that are kind of borderline. Uh, and by borderline, I mean, they have a little bit of a prescription, 
in day-to-day life, it's never a problem. They can see their drive in daytime, nighttime. They can see street signs. But when we're talking about seeing potentially the spin on an 85, 90-mile-an-hour baseball um, and having to identify that spin and then react in such a short amount of time, uh, sometimes those small prescriptions make a huge difference. So I do have uh, professional baseball players that have a very, very small prescription and even sometimes just in one eye, and uh, they wear their contacts during the game for all practices uh, during games, um, but maybe don't wear them at any time outside of that. So, uh, yeah, we very much look at these prescriptions, and uh, typically we'll fit the athletes into a daily replacement contact lens. So they put the contacts in uh, either in the morning or when they get to the ballpark and then wear them, and then after the game, you know, they throw them out. So... But um, I did have an athlete when I first started working um, with the Guardians who was kind of hesitant to wear contacts. I think there were maybe some comfort issues, and he just didn't have any luck um, getting fit into contacts. So when I joined the medical staff, I uh, tried a couple different brands and found a pair that actually um, he was comfortable with in terms of providing comfort and, and not having an irritation. Um, he was the type of player where if it was irritating him, he'd rather just deal with the blur than the irritation. So we found a lens that wasn't irritating for him, got him great vision, uh, and the vision was surprisingly pretty reduced. Uh, his batting average jumped 70 points, uh, that season. And he actually, um, for his position was second in the league in home runs in, in the major league level. So it was a huge, huge jump in offensive production just from wearing uh, contact lenses. So, um, you know, that's not very common at the highest levels, but the fact that it happened shows that it could happen at the high school level, could happen at the college level, it's happened at the pro level. So you know, I, the optimal prescription, you know, really, really is uh, important. That's the key, the optimal prescription. I, I used to uh, consult with a college baseball team here in Denver, and my first screening of the team, over half of the players were less than 2040. And oh, wow. that's that's almost where you can't get your driver's license. And most right. of them were wearing soft contact lenses. However, they weren't cleaning them, and that's before the disposables came about. And so getting the contacts was great, but if you don't take care of them or they're not optimal – uh, they're certainly not helping you, and and it's great, you know, when you finally got a lens that fits your player, you could say it's a miracle. How could that happen that he raised his batting average so high? But it's no miracle. It is a miracle, but it's really about right. eyes leading body. If the you know if you allow the visual system to operate, it's amazing what our body can do. Yeah, and it also kind of speaks to how good the player is because if you can still compete at a high level and have such poor vision, uh, it, you know, imagine the untapped potential there is there, you know, so, That's uh, so a true. lot of these athletes, a lot of these athletes, you know, have just pure skill. And when vision isn't optimal, they can kind of compensate for it, but it's hard to do that. And it's rare. Um, so really, you know, you don't, you don't want, you don't want to have to compromise vision. So, you know, that's really a great point. I had a high school baseball player come in and he was one of the top hitters in the state. 
he came in for his vision evaluation. He had constant double vision. And you would say, so talk about a great athlete. At a young age, he learned to read the pitcher's arm and the release of the ball, which most kids at that age wouldn't know how to do that. But once he got into high school, and now the pitching's getting faster and there's more curves, and uh, he couldn't keep up with it because he couldn't trust his visual system. So it's a great point that many great athletes are so far beyond in their physicality and strength and other skills, they can get by for a long time. But eventually, when they get with lots of other great athletes, these are the little deciding factors of who's good, who's great. Right. And I, I do feel that. Um... If you have an athlete in high school who's really good or maybe even college, if they have a deficiency in vision that's not identified, that could be what weeds them out and prevents them from moving to the next level. Uh, I do Mm -hmm. feel that that's very, very um, uh, common. Yes, great. Uh, Do you want to say a few things about glasses? This is not wearing your regular glasses while you're playing. Uh, If you'll speak to the safety of the glasses as well as many, many other patients ask me about tints. You know, are they good? Are they bad? What kind of tint? What kind of sun protection? Sure, sure, yeah. I mean, so if there is a need to wear uh, corrective lenses, typically uh, the preference in in the sporting world is to wear contact lenses where possible. Um, And if that's not possible, then glasses, you know, are needed. And I do have a uh, player on the major league roster for the Cleveland Guardians that is wearing glasses. He just says, you know what, Dr. Andrich, I just can't do contacts. Uh, they, they bother me. They irritate me. And uh, he's like, I do great with glasses. Uh, now, it's important, you know, especially for the younger players to, you know, know parents that are listening to this to know that dress eyewear, regular glasses really have no place, you know, on the field. Um, you have to get sports glasses. So these are frames that are made specifically to withstand an impact from a ball or kid running into another kid and elbow going into the eye. Uh, You don't want to be wearing regular glasses. And even my son plays baseball. He's 13 years old. And a couple of kids on the opposing team this past weekend had regular eyewear on. um, And that's really not, not appropriate just because it's not safe. So having appropriate sports specific glasses, um, you know, is really important for, for safety. That's so true. You know, when my daughter was in high school and she decided to try uh, field hockey and they were all playing without any eye guards, any eye protection. And mm-hmm. I spoke to the coach about it because the, the boys do, but the girls didn't. And she said, oh, right. you know, the girls aren't as aggressive and they can't block and all this. Well, sure enough, that game, somebody threw a ball, hit, it happened to be one of our patients, the ball hit her in the eye, and she ended up with a retinal detachment. And I went back to the coach, and she just said, well, we don't have to require that. And then several years later, started in the college, and then the high school girls then were required to wear protective eyewear. And so I just Uh shake my hair. You know, we can prevent a lot of serious eye uh, uh, problems and injuries with protective eyewear. Oh, absolutely. Right. Well, let's switch over a little bit and talk about the therapy, the fun kinds of activities, the, the really cool uh, technology we use. Tell our listeners yeah. about some of the things you do. Well, you know, I think uh, sports vision is really 
kind of had a transformation in the last 10 years uh, where in the 80s and 90s, things were very analog and uh, pretty rudimentary in terms of technological um, innovation and, and um, looking at some of the techniques uh, were very analog. So what's been nice is, and as you mentioned, um, the work that Nike did about 10, 12 years ago with uh, introduction of the sensory station and the strobe glasses and their sports science research they were doing really kind of made a, a push into the field of uh, sports vision and, and how we test and, and train athletes. And so um, what we're seeing now clinically in, when athletes come to our office for the assessment is not only in the assessment having great eye tracking technology, but then also having that available to us to train. Um, and a lot of that training is also portable. So, you know, we can take some of these things uh, to the field and like the strobe glasses, for example, where the glasses flash, where they block your vision um, and then help you process information more quickly. Those are all portable. And so um, I think what's happened is kind of that awareness of sports vision and, and vision training in general has gotten a boost with this um, technological innovation. So in office, we utilize a lot of devices that have um, like a lot of touchscreen TVs where we can practice eye-hand coordination, peripheral vision, reaction time, hand speed. All of those things are um, able to be done now where we can actually uh, do it on the TV screen uh, that's touch-sensitive. And the nice thing is after we're done uh, with a drill, we can then show the results and see, well, you're consistently missing low or you're consistently missing high. And that typically will then correlate to like, you know, a batter saying, well, hey, you know, uh, I'm consistently, you know, popping the balls up in the air uh, or something like that. So we we generally do see those correlations. So that that technology boost uh, in equipment for testing and training, I think, has really made a nice uh, impact in terms of awareness, but also then obviously uh, carrying over into the field and the courts, being able to make improvements in, uh, in performance. Can you speak to, there's some apps that are advertised by companies not associated with vision folks and to, mm-hmm. and they're advertised to improve your tracking and eye hand skills. And right. what's your experience with those kinds of apps? Are they useful? Are they not useful? Yeah. So if it's, uh, I, I get that. That's actually a really good question. I get that question a lot. Um, and even from the pro players, you know, they'll ask me. Um, so my experience has been that, the apps that do something that require you to react quickly or they flash information quickly and make you process uh, information quickly, those are actually, you know, kind of helpful. But the apps that are like, here, follow this target that moves around, I don't find those to be really helpful only because they're typically done on a phone uh, or even maybe a tablet. But a phone or a tablet is such a small area of space. I mean, your phone is, four inches of screen, right? Five inches of screen. If you have a big phone, um, think about the athlete on the, on the field, you know, on a lacrosse field, that's a huge area of space that they have to process. So to me, you know, I think some of those apps, um, can have some value to them, but because it's in a 2d world and it's a small screen, it really doesn't translate well to performance. Uh, but I do feel like some of the processing apps where they flash information quickly to, uh, uh, I think that does have some value to it. Yeah, thank you for that. 
Um, are there a few activities that you could share with our listeners that they could just work on um, for their own sports enhancement? And, and one thing I, I want to make sure, what, you know, when you mention the apps or these activities, mm-hmm. none of this replaces the need for a really solid, comprehensive vision examination. Because I see a lot of athletes and other patients trying these apps, and my goodness, they need glasses for focusing or double vision right. or things like that. So, so the starting point is to rule in or rule out vision issues, and mm-hmm. and then you look at what kinds of treatments might be useful. But share maybe an activity or two that our listeners could use to help support their uh, sports performance. Yeah, sure. Um, so one of the activities that I like to give, um, I work with a lot of motorcycle racers. And so, um, you know, they're obviously operating a motorcycle at really, really high speed, throwing their body around, shifting the weight. Um, so uh, one of the activities that I give them is when they're on, uh, and this can be used for any sport, including baseball or anything, is to do uh, what I call thumb saccade. So for if you can picture a motorcycle racer on the motorcycle, sitting on the bike with his uh, hands on the handlebars, stick his thumbs up in the air, uh, and then make rapid eye movements between the left and right thumb, probably about 10 to 12 quick movements. And I have them do uh, about two sets of those. Uh, what we're doing is we're warming up a visual system. It's an eye movement called a saccade. And that's actually a pretty complex eye movement. A lot of different pathways in the brain have to fire to make that movement happen. But we use that eye movement a lot uh, when you're on a basketball court, um, you know, quarterback throwing a football so if you have an opportunity before the start of a game or at an intermission or halftime, uh, just put your thumbs up and uh, maybe like a foot apart and then make that rapid eye movement quickly between the two thumbs. Uh, and that warms up that eye movement skill. So that's one activity that I like to make for, um, you know, for being aware of uh, eye movements and kind of warming that system up. Yeah, that's a great example, and uh, you could use that with your professionals and little kids. That's mm-hmm. where we start a lot of our vision training. And if you want to know more little tips, I will mention that my book, 50 Tips to Improve Your Sports Performance, has that as well as 49 other ideas that you could use. The intention of the book is that you could take it right on the field, do your warm-ups, and, and really try to start maximizing your visual system. Um, one area we haven't even touched on is visualization, which is dear to my heart. Tell us right. a little bit about what you do with your athletes in the area of visualization. So one of the things that I'll do is I'll ask them um, if they do any kind of visualization, visual imagery, um, and in the in their performance. So, for example, a pitcher. Um, when a pitcher's on the mound, and they're in their what we call a set position, uh, there's a pause, there's a moment where there's really not much movement. And um, so first thing I do with athletes is just ask them, hey, do you uh, at, at all at any point in time in, um, before you uh, release the ball, do you visualize um, the flight path? And it, it's interesting to see, you know, some of them do, some of them don't. But uh, what my experience has been is the higher level pitchers do actually say, yeah, you know, if I'm throwing a splitter or I'm throwing a, you know, two seam fastball, um, they will, um, you know, uh, visualize the actual flight path, uh, of the ball. And then I also do that with my motorcycle racers. 
Uh, and I do some instructing for car, uh, for race car drivers. Um, and so I'll tell my students, okay, when we're on the racetrack, and the same goes for the motor, motorcycle racers, I tell them you have to have a visual image of the track. And I tell them when you go home uh, that evening, sit down nice and comfortably, close your eyes, and take three laps, almost like slow motion, with your eyes closed through the entire course of uh, that racetrack. And pay attention to the changes in the pavement, pay attention to signs, there might be billboards, um, things like that, buildings, uh, so forth. So um, that visualization and visual imagery is huge. Uh, all the top athletes do it. You can look, uh, you can, in the wintertime, you can turn on, you know, you're in Colorado, so there's a lot of skiing there. If you look at any ski racer, uh, they're at the top of the course and they're standing there and you see their head, shoulders, arms moving left, right, forward, backward. They have that entire course memorized visually and they go and they rehearse it before the race. So, uh, so that visual visualization and imagery is really, really important. And it's a skill. So like any skill, it can be trained. Uh, so I think the highest level athletes do it pretty consistently. So I, I make sure that my athletes are doing it, but I start by asking them if they do it um, to see if they have that awareness. Well, that is great. And Alex, I'm sorry to say we're running out of time and I'd love to have you back. We never even got to sports uh, concussions and what we do visually okay. as well. So I'd love to have you back, but if you could... Uh, sure. Wrap it up and tell our listeners how they can uh, find you and get more information sure. about you and your services. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, a couple uh, uh, ways to uh, find information about me is uh, our website is www.sensoryfocus.com. We're based in Cleveland, Ohio. And another good resource for uh, sports vision and maybe understanding some of the visual skills is um, uh, as Lynn mentioned, ISVA, the International Sports Vision Association. Uh, so that website is sportsvision.pro.pro. Uh, on the website, there's actually a, a, a page that uh, identifies a lot of these uh, dynamic visual skills. So there, there's some good resources there to help uh, your listeners understand what what are these skills and and what do they how do they impact my performance. And that's great. And we'll have all that information in our show notes. And that's where you can also try to find a sports vision doctor in your area as well. So, Alex, I thank you so much for your inspiration and words of wisdom. This has just been great. Yeah. And it's a very exciting, um, proactive area of optometry and how we can really not only help athletes, but the, these kinds of activities are great for all performers, musicians and, and artists and, and um, you know, people just wanting to maximize their performance. You know, as uh, Alex says, it takes more than strength and speed to be at the top of your game. Don't overlook the obvious, how important vision right. is. Right. Absolutely. So, so I thank you so much for your time and your expertise and uh, looking forward to having you back another time. And we'll say goodbye for today. All right. Thank you, Lynn. And it's been a pleasure and I look forward to talking with you in the future. Thank you so much. All right. Bye thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. 
Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.